everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. Hello, Salon Pro. You know better than anyone that in day-to-day life, your client's hair can take a beating. Damage goes beyond the obvious chemical services and heat styling to the environment, pollution, and simple everyday actions that can seriously compromise the hair. That's right. It's not just our bleach bonds that need a little TLC. It's everyone. And that's where Olaplex comes in. From their professional services to their famous take-home products, Olaplex targets specific concerns for stronger, shinier, healthier-looking hair. Using patented Olaplex bond-building technology, their products work from the inside out to help relink broken bonds and prevent future damage so that every client, after every service, can leave the salon with visibly healthier hair. While you strengthen and protect your client's hair, you can earn more revenue for yourself and your salon. By just using Olaplex once a day in the salon, you can generate $450 extra each month just once a day. That's on top of the fact that clients with healthy hair leave the salon happy and are more likely to book with you again and again. Try Olaplex professional products today. You won't believe the difference. Don't let damaged hair hold you back. Go to pro.olaplex.com or the link in the show notes to learn more and get certified. Get ready to transform your client's hair and confidence with Olaplex. So, you know, we've been messaging each other all weekend and a little something went down called BravoCon. Might heard of it. Um, and I know certainly that you were equally, if not more, invested than myself. Yeah. Well, I had the boots on the ground. A, a good former colleague, a friend, former colleague of mine went with her sister-in-law and a friend. And I was like, you're you're there. Oh. What is it like? And she's like, it's crazy. It was worth it. It was all of these things. So then it heightened everything for me. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, I should have been there. Um. So yeah, I got to tell you, people like brought their A game. Um, oh, they did they? They really did it. Uh, a lot of our fave Bravo. Not everybody got it right, but I think like by and large, the hair was pretty good. Um, so my question for you: uh-huh. Anybody in particular stand out as someone you were like, "Well, damn." Well, I got a few. I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not, but I love <laughs> I love Bryn Whitfield. I feel like they're the New York season it's popular here on this very podcast i was so invested in mostly wanting to know more about jenna lyons that's why yeah i mean initially was in that was the hook for a lot of us and she didn't turn out to be my favorite Bryn is just (laughs) a sassy little sass and i mean i don't know if you saw but at the actual event she had on her louboutins and the heels got stuck as she was coming down the escalator and they wedged in and actually stopped the escalator, which was like just chef's kiss for me. Yeah. Just almost a goosebump moment. I couldn't even handle it. It I mean, we <laughs> we throw the word iconic around much too loosely, mm-hmm. I think, for everyone's liking. But that was iconic. Like that she brought BravoCon to its knees in that very act. It's just unintentionally, maybe intentionally, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. I don't even know how you could do that, but if someone could, <laughs> it would be Bryn. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a... Uh, I mean, Bryn looked great. And I mean, shout out to... So we were talking about this off pod and we'll talk about it here. Hair brands got into BravoCon in a big way this year. Yep. So Bryn working with Wella in advance of her showing up, which was cool. Shout out to them. Nexus had good things happening, working with, you know, a iconic... Here I am doing it. You did it. Housewife Kyle Richards. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to think of like, who is a housewife, Kyle Richards is up there. So working with her was a, a big, good move. Um, uh, great lengths was there as well. They worked with a personal fave of mine. Um, and we'll see if this comes together for the dot com. 
Southern Charm. I go in and out of Southern Charm. Yeah. I'm not a religious watcher. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that Madison LaCroix is like top tier Bravo. And she looked incredible. Her hair. I mean, we were giving looks. And so I was into that. But there was variety. Um, she delivered. She delivered. And it was thanks to Great Length. So, yeah. So, you know, next year, I feel like maybe the tease needs to have a little little setup, little section. Maybe we get a booth <laughs> and we can sell some some merch alongside Bryn and the others. Yeah. Overall, I was, I got to say, like, pretty impressed by what I was seeing. Same. Not everybody got it right, but yeah. Indeed. Overall, a true win. Bravo. Bravo. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> On our last episode, we talked with Leslie Rosti. Leslie is the Government Affairs Vice President for the Future of the Beauty Industry Coalition. After leaving nursing, she began working in the professional beauty industry as a subject matter expert on infection control and public safety. She's very involved in the current discussion on occupational licensing as it relates to health and public safety in the professional beauty industry. We talked with her about the PBA and FBIC's work on the Cosmetology Interstate Licensure Compact to ensure that licensed cosmetologists can practice in all states that join the compact rather than getting an individual license in every state in which they practice. Can we get an amen to that? Amen. Where are we at, y'all? Come on. Make it happen. Let's go. Let's go. Make it happen. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with David Bracuclia. David is a man of many titles and accomplishments, company founder, entrepreneur, and renowned photographer, but his first professional title was a hairstylist. He began his career as a stylist in the salon industry, and today, styling and the salon community continue to be his primary inspiration and motivation. In 1994, frustrated by the lack of grooming options on the market, but inspired by what he recognized as a true need, David founded American Crew. American Crew quickly established itself as the leading manufacturer of quality salon products for men, and today, American Crew continues to be the leading professional men's grooming brand in the world. You are not going to want to miss this combo. We get into all of it. Uh, particularly around, you know, his brand being around for nearly 30 years um, and what is in store for year 30, which is in 2024. Big things. Another big thing that's happening, Dana White, a visionary entrepreneur, has made history as the first Black woman to own a hair salon franchise. Hell yes. Dang, we love that. She is the visionary CEO and founder behind Paralee Boyd, an innovative beauty salon model based in Detroit. Launched in 2012, this salon represents a solution to a common problem in the hair industry, the lengthy hours clients spend at a traditional salon. Her approach draws inspiration from lean manufacturing, which focuses on reducing production and response time. Incredible, right? So she's got the two locations with plans to roll it out nationally. And we say congrats on the groundbreaking achievement to Dana White. Absolutely. I love that she's bringing, I mean, lean manufacturing right. to the salon experience. Like, let's do it. Like, l- there's been so many others to do things. Let's, let's, you know, make space. Let's celebrate this. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about things that are trending on our site. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week on covering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, The article is, meet the winners of the 2023 Beauty and Vision Awards, the heart of hair. The beauty industry's best and brightest stars from across the U.S., Puerto Rico, and Canada came together on Monday, October 30th for Well Company's The Heart of Hair event at the Aria Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. 
an immersive celebration of passion, inspiration, and artistry, the sold-out event also featured the annual 2023 Beauty and Vision Awards presented by TrendVision. Attendees of the event were entertained by dazzling presentations from Wella North America ambassadors, global artists, and Sebastian Global Artists, who shared cutting-edge techniques and inspiring looks as they showcased their creative skills and demonstrated on live models. Sonia Dove and Daniel Mora focused on brunettes and reds, while Zach Meskett and Derek Clark covered ultimate blondes. James Earnshaw and Brianna Cisneros captivated the audience with their creative color demo, and Anthony Cole and friend of the pod, former guest Morel Koken, wowed with their cut and styles presentation. Head to the tease.com to learn more about this huge event and to see the winners. All right, Kelly, what did you think? We were at the event um, covering a lot of this stuff behind the scenes, uh, got some really incredible video of some of these presentations, wild in the best way. What did you think? You know, when Wella does an event, they do it to perfection. Mm -hmm. And Trend Vision has been around for a very long time. I love that we're continuing to celebrate our pros in many different categories. So from cut, style, nails, and color, they were all there. And I loved, personally, the People's Choice Award winner was a favorite of mine. So there's that. I mean, (laughs) I love this one. Go check it out on the tees.com. See all of the winners. They deserve their flowers. They got to get a shout out because they really did the damn thing. Um, And yeah, what a cool event. All right, next up, our November tech touch-ups. Now that October's over, does November mark the start of the holiday season? It, it does, that's that's for sure. Okay. Um, let us know what you think. Inspired by the internet world and adapted for the beauty space, check out our monthly tech touch-ups. Designed for stylists, makeup artists, estheticians, massage therapists, nail techs, and anyone in the beauty industry, we created mobile phone backgrounds to infuse a bit of fun, beauty, and newness into your routine. Pick up these November designs, for your phone's tech touch-up over on the tees.com. Kelly, which one are we downloading? What do you got? Super cute. You know, I'm just going with the simplistic one with sort of the wavy hair look. I'm feeling the fall vibes on it. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> that one's a classic. Uh, all right. More on the tees.com. John Frieda launches inaugural House of Frida Expert Collective. John Frieda Hair Care is calling on some of the hair industry's best and brightest stars for an exciting new launch. The Hair Care Brand recently unveiled its first ever collective of hair care experts called the House of Frida. Made up of six of the world's best stylists, beauty writers, and content creators, this multifaceted collective has been tapped to educate consumers on the brand's product range. Along with creating content that showcases the transformative benefits John Frieda's products, the House of Frieda experts will also serve as the media spokespeople and act as a think tank to ensure that the hair expertise is infused into the brand's future plans. Additionally, the collective will serve as a liaison between consumers and the John Frieda brand, leveraging their own social channels and relationships with the clients. Head to thetees.com to learn more about the program and its members. All right, this is pretty cool. We got a mix of pros and content creators and writer. Look, right. What's your take on this? Yeah, my take is it's super smart. Um, I think that, you know, we certainly love our pros and we love the content they create, but almost into that, like we're we're into it at the tease from a prosumer perspective. Um, the content creator Greta Wilson that they tapped has amassed a large following. She is not a licensed pro, but is talking about her journey. And I like the viewpoint. I like the viewpoint. Super smart. Shout out to them. Check it out over on the tease.com. As always, so much happening. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Jeff's interview with David Recuglia. David Recuglia is a man of many titles and accomplishments, company founder, entrepreneur, and renowned photographer. But his first professional title was a hairstylist. He began his career as a stylist in the salon industry, and today, styling and the salon community continue to be his primary inspiration and motivation. 
After having traveled worldwide as a platform artist in the early 1980s, he opened his own salon. Frustrated by the lack of grooming options on the market, but inspired by what he recognized as a true need, David founded American Crew in 1994, bringing his expertise from behind both the barber chair and the camera to develop the brand and its collection of grooming products designed for men and the stylists they trust. American Crew quickly established itself as the leading manufacturer of quality salon products for men, offering a diverse portfolio including hair care, styling, shave, and body products. Today, American Crew continues to be the leading professional men's grooming brand in the world. David is also an accomplished photographer, contributing his talents in this area across books, magazine covers, and rock albums. He has built success through a well-earned reputation for all things relevant, refined, and modern. His vision of uncompromised quality is key to his success. David, welcome to the Volume Up podcast. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well because I'm chatting with you, an industry icon. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, our audience has heard the bio. Um, could you talk a little bit about yourself? How did you get started in the salon professional industry? Wow. Okay. That's a long time ago. I know. I know. So in the late 70s, in 1977 ish, I um, was graduating from high school with not a clear vision of my life. And uh, I decided that the hair industry might be something I was interested in. I'm from a very small town in Illinois, and my barber was probably the coolest guy I had ever met in my entire life. He was uh, incredibly happy. Mm. He was always smiling, telling jokes, dressed well, uh, just ran the show, you know, guys in the shop, just everybody laughing. And my father was kind of a hardworking attorney who was probably one of the best men I ever knew. However, he didn't laugh and smile and enjoy his job in the same way. He loved his job. He was mm. passionate about the law, but the law didn't like make him as happy as Bob being social. Bob D'Angelo was the barber's name. I'm still very good friends with him to this day. He still doesn't mean haircut. I would be very happy to have him cut my hair. Um, but I asked him if he thinks I would make a good barber. And he said he thought I would. Mm. So in the unfortunate 1970s, when barbering was on its way out uh, and hair styling for men was coming in, mm -hmm. I still had kind of a strong love for barbering. But I went to a barber school, classic barber school, and uh, learned how to taper and fade and grease hair back and do all the, the fun stuff. However, I did learn the groovy sort of long hair in the back and feathered back 70s styles to make money. Make a living, yeah. And um, I just really got the bug bad. I then remember uh, an epiphany moment in my life where I was at a concert in Chicago and this absolutely beautiful woman came to the table. She was a waitress at this concert and she had this incredible short haircut that I, I couldn't do. I mean, I, I looked at it, I studied it, and I realized I wouldn't even know where to begin to do that haircut. I decided I was going to go to beauty school. Mm. So I then went on to beauty school and I just got the bug really bad. I moved to London, England. I trained in, in England and became a, a women's hairdresser. I worked for, or, or, you know, I had a great job. I traveled around the world teaching haircutting, um, I was able to go to Japan and all over Europe when I was in my early 20s. And to speed it up quickly, I then decided I wanted to open a salon. I moved back to Chicago in the late 80s, started a salon, 
was doing mostly women's hair, but I had the barber in my heart. Um, everyone used to laugh at me in England because at the time they used to cut hair with little scissors about this big. And I was the guy who whipped out the big scissors and just like, you know, did the old barbering thing. So it was always in my blood. And um, I decided that, you know, it was the nineties, man, like grunge was really happening and men were getting into vintage clothes and mm-hmm. Armani was, was like, you know, doing all this cool vintage stuff. And I decided you know, I'm going to take a crack at just being a men's hair cutter. So I went on that path and here I am today. Uh, Along the way, uh, in addition to working with an incredible list of celebrity clientele, uh, you decided to found a brand, um, which is, of course, American Crew. So talk to us about uh, you you set the stage for the change that we're seeing in terms of men's fashion, men's grooming. Um, When did you decide, like, I'm going to get my hands dirty? and pick a product line because this is not something that every barber stylist comes to to realize that they they want to take on for themselves no and it you know men weren't using products back then it, it, it as as much and it wasn't a very sort of like obvious thing to do but it's interesting so there's a lot of stories about how you start things but yeah if you go to your heart like how i started it was i went to russia to do a photo shoot believe it was 89 or 90, 90 probably, which going to Russia was a big deal at that time. I was uh, chosen by a magazine called American Salon, an amazing magazine, especially back then. They were just like trying you know, to get to go to Russia to do a hair study. And I went with a whole group of incredible people. Um, Vidal Sassoon's went, Tony and Guy, all these amazing companies. I was like the, the by far the least talented of the bunch. And um, I met this photographer who I just connected with. His name is Mark Havriliak. He's still to this day a New York photographer, very good. And we just got along, you know, like we we connected. And ultimately, I ended up getting the cover from I did this really cool short haircut and got lucky. And I was the one chosen for the cover. And he and I made sort of a pact that we were going to work together. Hmm. So I said, I got this great idea. I'm going to go to the bank and I'm going to borrow $50,000, which was more money than I could even count at that point. And I said, let's do a book on men's grooming. And he's like, oh, I'd love it. I'm in. And he was just a, a, a ridiculously talented, like resourceful. I mean, he could shoot with his feet and something would happen, you know, <laughs> that good. So we did a book called Groom. And this is a a book I wish I could show you right now because in this is in the early 90s and it looked it held up today because this man's classic photography was so good. Mm. So we did this book and I had to pay a loan off and I was worried about it and I ended up having to go to distributors and sell distribu- sell to distributors books. Well, I sold it out in like a month. And it made me realize that the appetite for men's grooming mm classic and hip men's grooming was very was relevant in in the beauty community and i always wanted to start a product line because i went to japan to teach and i found this product called cool grease and it was like this cool water-based pomade it was the only thing that my clients we used to sell it at my salon in chicago um i have a had a partner i'm still friends and in you know we have a lot of uh, things in common still today, Lawrence Hegarty, he's from England. I met him in England. 
He was my partner and we loved that product. So I set off on a path to try to get that product made uh, in a similar fashion in a water based. And we wanted ours to be different because we wanted it to work with highly textured hair as well as uh, straight hair. So we, we were it was a big ask for what we wanted. So we created the first American crew pomade, which I then wanted way more than pomade. I wanted a really good shampoo, a good cream, a good gel. So we started this brand and, um, you know, it, they say, you know, God blesses babies and fools. And, uh, it, you know, we, we just did it. And, and in the end, we're one of the lucky ones who I think cared way more about the product, the, the, the concept and everything. And people just got involved and American Crew became um, uh, not an overnight success because it was very difficult in the beginning to talk salon owners who are getting 20 and $30 less for their men's haircuts mm. to believe that if they learned to cut hair with precision, we, we created a hybrid technique of cutting that introduced the sort of Sassoon methods from the mid-century modern technical haircutting and then classic barbering with a clipper. We merged that into a technique that was not cheap. You had to spend the 30 or 40 minutes on a client that you would a female client. And we were teaching this technique and then ultimately slathering our after clients in, in American crew. So ultimately, uh, if you look at the salon community today, I'm not one to take credit for the whole thing because there's been many, many great brands that got uh, involved in this category. But we moved the ball up the field. We made the men's grooming industry both difficult, challenging, inspiring, educational. And in the end, I think that's what made American Crew is the pros were like, man, a man's haircut is not only fun, but it's technical, it's challenging, and there's a lot of options. You know, when I, I used to say when I first started uh, American Crew, you know, if you looked at men at that time, it was the perfect time to start because things started to change. Like guys were shaving their heads and they were the, the sexiest beasts that ever walked the planet. <laughs> and then there's people that are had their, you know, the grunge guys, the Kurt Cobain's, the longer hair, that was also good. So if you line guys up, there was now like, wait a minute, men not only have a choice, but they're fitting into categories like women. Women mm -hmm. have always been way more blessed with the opportunities to put hair color, trend, you know, what, what suits them, where men were like, yeah, you know, it's up to our job, you know, for, so expressing yourself, create, you look at the tech industry that was just sort of starting. All of that was the, the groundswell for men to be the, the cool subjects that they are today because men are wildly fashionable, very interested in grooming. And, uh, you know, today it's a blessing to be in this category. Well, I mean, speaking of this category uh, that you claim not to have necessarily owned, but but certainly nearly 30 years later, uh, there's few uh, like American Crew. Um, Want to talk about those initial challenges? I mean, you mentioned um, it took a little bit of not maybe a little education to convince people that these haircuts can be done with these sort of hybrid techniques that you mentioned, and then that these products can be applied. What other challenges, when you look back again, nearly 30 years, did you experience getting this brand off the ground? I feel like our listeners are going to want to know that. Well, I was very blessed early on that I didn't have the problems of money. I mean, I did. Okay. When I first started, I 
maxed out every credit card I had buying bottles and caps and all of that sort of thing. But that's real. I was blessed with um, a, a visionary company called Revlon who came along early in the career of American Crew, not only invested in the brand, but they they acquired us. But they really the brilliance of Revlon at that time, they they helped us in the ways they could help us but they didn't overtake us in a corporate way. I mean, mm. when Revlon first purchased American Crew, they had just gone on, re-got back on the stock market. It was in April of 96. And we were a, a, a company that had fast growth and it was just a pleasured relationship. We were able to grow. Revlon had a great professional division in Europe. We were able to tag into that. So international growth came fast. So, you know, we, we started in 94, sold in 96. It was about 97, 98 that we started humming. Mm. And, you know, at that point, 98, the salon professionals, the barbers, the hairstylists, they started to realize that, you know, this isn't like uh, a gender filled uh, business. You know, yes, maybe we can do more color and we can do different conditioning services, but if you put hair cutting in a, in a box, men's haircuts are not only profitable because they work. Men come up to keep upkeep a good short fade every two to three weeks. Exactly. The repeat of business, the, the whole aspect of having men in the salon. And it was wonderful because salons didn't, you know, sort of change their decor from being pink and <laughs> which they were weren't. I mean, in the 90s, they were very cool. But you know what I'm saying? They they had to be a little more male-friendly, genderless in its mm -hmm. cool factor. And I think that's the salon industry that it started to change. And it didn't change because of us, but we were able to adapt Alongside. to this new sort of, you know, it's, you know, hairdressers make money by being talented and by maintaining a good time schedule. Those are two very important aspects of it. And we fit that, you know, you study on a guy, spend the 30, 40 minutes you allocate, you might not have to blow dry it for 20 minutes. You, you know, there's a lot of good quality. And then everything was cool. Beards took off the, you know, the five o'clock shadow, you know, which replaced shaving. Not that shaving isn't a big part of barbering today. It is, but more men don't shave chaps like you and me. I mean, we're not examples of daily shaving. Mm -hmm. And um, you, they, the guys are looking for, you know, getting their beards trimmed. What's the right length? So it exploded into this. And I think that in general has really been what carved out the men that exist today. Now, a man today, sure, he'll buy his product online. He'll try things. He's willing to, you know, I always said this, I'm from a very small town and I've got, you know, my mates are all like, you know, blokes, cool dudes. They're, you know, they're not super like fashionable guys. Mm -hmm. You go back when I started American Crew, if I sat at a bar and talked to them like, hey, man, you need to get your hair cut. They'd be like, hey, stop. Don't, even, yeah. don't touch me. Don't touch the back of my hair. Yep, totally. Today, they, I can't get away from them. <laughs> hey, man, come here. I use skincare now. Do, do you like me? What kind of product should I use on my hair? Yep. The, the change in dynamic of talking about grooming is incredible and also was very needed. And it's a blessing to be in the category when men are that interested, you know? Yeah, well put. Uh, so you talked, I mean, one major milestone, obviously, the sale um, and working with Revlon and, and as you said, things humming um, thereafter. What are other things when you're looking back uh, on the brand and reflecting again on, on nearly 30 years in, 
Um, what are other things along the way where you're like, wow, 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 things, things have changed for us as a business. You mentioned, you know, cultural shifts. Um, but I'm curious in terms of pulling back the, the curtain a little bit at the, the business, what were other things that were noteworthy to you? It's interesting because the industry has changed a lot, which helped us, you know, um, price increases, you know, the hairdresser got a little bit more serious about mm-hmm. their time allocation and we're, we're, you know, the benchmarking of what their career was all about. That was important to have a nice mix of, of male and female. And then also the commitments that people made in grooming was, was a big commitment. But me personally, I mean, I ended up getting into photography, it, you know, being inspired by the Mark of Riliac, my friend. And I started doing the shooting for American Crew. And that became something that I think kind of designed our brand well. Like I was always there and ready to take a picture of something mm. or like not just men's hair, but men cutting hair. I was always behind the scenes. And I think we presented a picture of a wonderful community of the, the passion of groomers and grooming and barbers and barbering. And I think that was a part of the look and feel of American crew. And that caught on globally. I mean, American crew, if you go to France and Italy and Spain and Germany and Scandinavia and all, all these places, we are very, very popular brand. And we're very popular because we are hanging out with very popular barbers and hairdressers. This is true. And so it was able to take this culturally American product line, which it was. I mean, we we tend to look, you know, I, I believe we we tend to take a nod from the past. You know, why I know why I loved the look and feel of vintage men's hair because I'm I'm from an Italian family and my uncles were like all you know they all had a little too much olive oil in their hair and they looked <laughs> they, they looked awesome and cool. That look and feel I think that we promoted became very popular, very very popular. You know, and I don't, I don't want to say that we did it because we didn't. I mean, rockabilly bands and music and all the cultural re- relevance of men's hair was always there for us to grab onto. Um, but, you know, hair, rock and roll, fashion, uh, they all go together. And I think men got really looked at strongly in the early aughts, late 90s, early aughts. And we're still going, you know, that was the that's what I think was was so important. Well, so talk to us a little bit about that POV from from your perspective. Um, you, you've you know mentioned that it is American feeling, and and you've sort of tapped into the references that you've had from your own past. But then looking forward, how do you you balance these things? Um, because obviously, this has turned out to be an incredibly successful formula. Um, it's an enduring brand. Um, curious again, like how how do these negotiations in terms of how traditional versus how modern happen? So. If you look at hair as hair for men, right? We we as a brand, I have a collaborator that I work with every day, Phoenix Thompson. She's a brilliant English hairdresser who loves barbering and just incredibly talented. And we always talk about exactly what you just asked us. Like, and I think one of our successes is our goal, and this doesn't probably not going to answer your question in, in a way that you would expect, but our goal is if you walked in the door with the length of hair that you're presenting, the look that you're presenting, we have the skills and the techniques to give you exactly what you want. 
I have longer hair than you. Mm -hmm. If I walk in the door, this person is prepared with skills, the right product adaptation, all of that to take care of me as well. My beard, my hair, that's something we work at looking at what are the core values right now of men's grooming? What's really at the forefront? And we have to be prepared to be able to put a technique down once in a while. You know, mm. the barber is able to take a clipper all day long and work with it. A good groomer has the ability to use their scissor, use their comb, use their razor, use, use it all in a way that adapts based on men's grooming. If you have those skills, which we do at American Crew, we are as excited about you with hair that long, cool, blonde. We, I could tell you three products that would make, you know. We can get to that later, David. Right. I might need some product records. <laughs> but we're as excited to talk to you as we would be to talk to someone with much longer hair. And we have the answers for you. We have the right technical haircuts that are going to grow out great and look great. We have it both short, medium, and long. That, I think, is not just American Crew secret, but when you give that to the barbers and then they use, and the hairdressers, and they use American Crew, we get the benefit of being in the presence of the great skills that they have. Mm. Ultimately, we've been in the influencing world before, <laughs> since 1994. Our influencers are hairstylists and barbers, and we've been hanging with them, and we're still hanging with them. And that's what I think has made our brand special actually well i i couldn't have put it better i mean beautiful insight um for the hairstylists and barbers that are out there listening to this very conversation how did they get to hang with you how do stylists and barbers connect with american crew american crew has distribution globally uh in the u.s we have classes and education and people that teach um so we're an easy company to find you know <laughs> go online look for us talk to your distributors uh, about working with us, but that's for the barbers and stylists. But consumers, you know, I urge male consumers to try us mm. because, you know, we kind of have the answers. Like we have the answers for your hair length, your desired result. You know, some guys, I like to be able to go run my fingers through my hair. If I can't run my fingers through my hair, the product's wrong for me. Most guys would would like to place that hair and not move and have it sit yep <laughs> listen i get it but i'm a nut and i'm nervous and i run my fingers through it but there's something that every man should understand like especially if they want change you know covid was horrible for the day-to-day -day visits of mm -hmm. um the barber client relationship but it was very good for men to just get out of their comfort zone. Absolutely. And I don't just mean in like, you know, elastic pants because we're home. No. <laughs> but I mean, let your hair grow. Try something different. Yep. Not necessarily wear that suit of armor that you go to work every day. Yep. You know, and so what happened is men came away with like, you know, their home and their their partners would say to them, man, you haven't had a haircut and like, um, you look great. Yeah, this looks good. Keep it up. This little shift has sort of merged to where we are today, which where we are today is guys are trying everything, you know, and, and, and it works. You know, beards were a really big thing for a long time, you know, like big the from from beards that you know look like you rumple still skinned out. To, <laughs> uh, uh, but but, you know, the key is, you know, somebody said to me the other day, oh, beards are, are going out of style. I said for really handsome guys, maybe. 
But I'll tell you something right now. Yeah, but you have a beard and you're not like you don't have a chin that's you become handsome by the shape you're, you're you know, so there, there's a reason that style is important, of course, but if you look better because of something, whether it's longer hair, longer beard, shorter beard, shorter hair, this is important, you know, and if a guy cares, some don't, some do, but if they care, you want to know, ask your hairstylist or your barber. I can guarantee you they're going to give you good information and give you an opportunity to reach a goal, which is looking better. And so, you know, you have somebody out there who's willing to work with you and American crew would like to finish it off. (laughs) So we're there for you, you know. So talk to me a little bit about the trends that you guys are observing at American Crew. I mean, obviously, you mentioned COVID being huge uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, particularly the making men more willing to experiment. Um, but we're sort of on the, the tail end. Obviously, COVID's still in the picture, but people are, you know, on the other side. And there are lots of things happening. Uh, we've talked about color. We've talked about length. Um, from your end, you know, what is American Crew seeing? What are they passionate about in terms of trend? And what products do we have that sort of respond to those? You know, trend is dangerous. It's important, but it's dangerous because some trends don't necessarily uh, last beyond a trend. What I'm noticing that I think is more than a trend, it's become uh, MO, modus operandi, business happening. Hair is getting a little longer on the younger people. You see younger guys, you know, campus, year, young guys going to university. They just look, man, and I got to tell you, they look good. Their hair is healthy. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they don't necessarily slab on all the grease. Some do, and it looks really good, but they don't really fall into just one length. Like the guys who have short hair, they don't cut it as short and slick back. It's not classic business hair, mm. power hair. It's a little get up and just, you know, take a one swipe at it and we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) And then there's longer hair, which I'm starting to see a lot. You see these sort of bullish sort of grown out shapes that just reek of health. Look, look how healthy my hair is. Look how look at the wave in my hair. Look at my natural texture. American crew is taking notice of that Mm. and wanting to show you that maybe it's not, you know, product is very special. Like if you're, you don't want your hair to look like it's grown, take enough grease and slick it down and it doesn't look like it grew much. But if you want to put the right product in your hair in order to make your own natural hair respond better from a haircut that someone who knows what they're doing did, all of a sudden you put product in your hair, looks healthy, it's defrizzed, it has a patina, it doesn't look fluffy, it looks lived in. All of those things are what I'm seeing is a trend more than a type of haircut Mm. where, you know, 10 years ago, the short back and side, you know, pomps and all that, which are still cool. They've become classics. They're not trends anymore. But today it's a little bit more about not necessarily looking like you just came from the barber. Mm -hmm. It's a very popular look right now. And at the same time, showing that you have healthy hair, your hair looks, you know, it doesn't look dirty. You know, that was a cool look for a long time. I think now having it look healthy and natural is replacing dirty and greasy in, in a lot of ways. Mm. I got to tell you, dirty, greasy hair can be quite sexy in the right haircut. It really can. However, I think you're seeing a, 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 an adaptation of more natural hair. And I remember in the 70s, what my hair looked like, you know, I mean, I had like 
I got my haircut about every three months. Um, and it, it was just, I just wanted my hair to look fluffy and, you know, healthy and look like I was, you know, could, could be in a rock band possibly, you know, but, it, but there was, you know, it just, I started to move into the eighties, which, you know, did a number on men. That was a, that was an interesting, a very good era, I believe, because men got excited. I mean, you know, I, I look back at early U2 photos. Mm. I lived in England, so I had was there firsthand for all the early 80s hair. And it was great because men weren't afraid. You know, I, I loved, you look at the faces and the Rolling Stones in the early, late 60s, early 70s. You know, the androgyny of hair was starting, was starting back then. Rod Stewart and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It That, that was very alternative. Today, someone with like hair, like, you know, that has a suit on and is in court. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. Like, I don't mean in court because they're getting arrested. They're, they're a lawyer. Yeah. They're a lawyer. We've broken the boundaries with hairstyles. I mean, a lot of people have uh, crossed professions as opposed, and they look like musicians, tech guys, all this. So I think we did our job. That that makes me feel good that American Crew was there in the beginning. And here we are still chugging away, trying our best to give new and interesting looks and products to help them get those looks, you know, in this day and age. I hope that answered your question to some extent. I'm <laughs> no, it definitely did. But we're going to get to this, which is, I mean, something you said that I thought was so interesting. Trends being dangerous um, and a lot of things that have been trends becoming classic. Um, one of the bigger trends that we saw a couple of years ago was this push for products to be more environmentally eco-conscious, friendly, um, not having harmful ingredients. Um, curious, uh, you know, what's American Cruise POV on that? Um, how are you all responding to something like that um, and making that maybe a mainstay in the product offerings? So American Crew, if you really study the brand, started that way, is that way, and remains that way. I mean, obviously, we are a performance brand as well. So performance was important. We've had to kick a lot of ingredients out over the years only because of our wonderful testing, not just our company, but the world's testing what ingredients are harmful. As soon as you find something's harmful, we've moved on. Gotta go. If you look at American Crew and the ingredients that are in the brand, it's a very, very, very clean brand. Is it the ultimate, you know, could, could it, can we eat it? You know, you see these people who have their products <laughs> so healthy. No. You, I wouldn't eat our product, but I would feel safe. I wouldn't eat the cleanest of clean products either, to be clear. Right. I urge people to look into the ingredients. I urge them to compare American Cruise ingredients because it is a clean product and the world is changing in packaging. You know, mm -hmm. we've had to go to post-consumer recycled packaging. We didn't have to. We were happy to. We were we always use PET, which was one of the most recyclable. It was very important to me in the beginning. We have water based products. Our products aren't filled. You know, we have good ingredients in our products. So that's a thing that, you know, a lot of people just sort of, it has to say 100% natural, but our product is a good, clean product. And we've, we pay attention to what's going on in the ingredient world in order to maintain that. And so, you know, I feel that's where we are. You know, our styling products are very important, you know, but we also do want hold. Hold and shine is very important. Dance that everybody works with. 
We want to get the best possible ingredients to still maintain the right hold and the right shine. Mm. Because in, you know, you look at our products, we have a lot of products. The reason we have a lot of products, the nuances of what men want takes a lot of products. Yep. Hair textures, hair length, desired result, desired hold. So I think we're pretty good. I, I urge people to look into it. Don't just listen to me. Look at our ingredients and study it and understand that I think we're in good shape. I love that. Uh, David, what's next for American Crew? Um, again, enjoying nearly 30 years in the business. I'm sure 30 plus more. Um, what products are on the horizon? What education initiative? Like, Lay it on us. So we're working now on a bunch of new products that are coming uh, in late 24. And it's it's more multi-use, multi-benefit, things like that. Um, I have to keep a little quiet about it, but I'm just letting you... We'll, we'll bring you back on when we're in late 2024. <laughs> Great. They have different vision. All right. Okay. Because hair is adapting to a different vision. Health, your ingredient centric, those sort of things. Um, educationally, we're adapting our world. You know, we're looking at, you know, Gen Z. We're looking at where the young people are going. I mean, people very young today are going to be running our world in the next, in, in 15 minutes. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> they're running it already. Understanding their habits and their needs is important. We're not abandoning our, our audience. We love our audience and our audience can also learn from what young people's discoveries are. So you start to adapt. I mean, I look at companies like Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren blows me away because as classic and wonderful as they are, they have the most young representation, yep. multi-ethnicity, the way everything they do is so beautiful. And it's beautiful because they appeal to everyone. Crew has looked at that and understands that. And it, educationally as a company, we're taking this new sort of um, uh, our lead from the universities and how they study and how they departmentize. We have a new leader at American Crew who's quite excited about education, which is awesome. And this gentleman has given us initiatives that are education first. Mm. Also learn, you know, mobile friendly, mobile first, not just to, to feed the beast, but actually to give information quick, concisely, that can help them understand what makes them achieve the goals they have in grooming. And that's all coming very soon. All right. Well, we cannot wait. Big things in store for the brand, as I'm sure um, everybody listening to this podcast would have expected. Um, and we'll have you back in 2024 if you'll have us. Promise. So we can talk about some of those. Absolutely. Oh, no, no, we're doing it. I'll be here. We've talked a little bit about the fact that you are coming up on nearly 30 years, um, but 2024 will officially be 30 years for American Crew, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, I would love to know from the founder, what do you guys have cooking? How will we be celebrating this monumentous occasion? We'll put it this way. We don't really have anything that we know of at this point about a celebration, but you know, the, the sort of contemplation of 30 years is important to me because, I mean, I was in my 30s. When I started American Crew, when the when it came, and you know, American Crew started in the '90s when there was no social media. <laughs> you know, the internet was just about to happen, and you know, for a company that has endured 30 years, I, I look at that, and you know, it's very special to me that we started when we did because you know, I look at American Crew's success, my team. Many, many people made American Crew successful 
not just myself, but I look at my team. We were like a rock band Mm -hmm. who traveled around America going door to door, playing our songs to some people who liked them and others who didn't like them. (laughs) And, you know, we, we worked at it the hard way of getting the message out there one salon at a time. And, you know, I look now at, you know, 30 years later, that accomplishment in a different way than I've seen other brands that started in the last five years. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's easier because it, you know, the, the, the social media world and the, and the internet world has made it also something to not trust all the time where there's something trusting about seeing somebody in person. And, but it's just, you know, it's an amazing accomplishment for, to the team of people that I worked with so many of them out there that, you know, just, got on board because they love the craft and that's what american crew was always about and if there's something to celebrate in our 30th year besides our wonderful product line it's the craft of men's grooming and barbering because man has it come a long way in 30 years the grooming space has certainly come along a long way in 30 years and obviously american crew as well uh congratulations on this near accomplishment obviously we're going to be going into this year and it's going to be incredible for you guys we are looking forward to having you back but before i let you go let's do a quick quick take um i want to just ask the questions of you that we ask of all of our guests um don't think about it for too long um and hopefully we have a little bit of fun the first question um is what is the first ever hair or beauty or men's grooming product that you remember having to own? It was for you. This was the product. Because it was the 70s, the first thing that I remember mostly was, believe it or not, and, and no pun to Revlon, was Flex Shampoo and the smell of Flex Shampoo. I used to, I would smell that on my girlfriend's hair uh-huh. and I it just was amazing. And I remember using... Uh, you know, I, I unfortunately, not to give you the most masculine answer, it was a, a bouncing and behaving kind of uh, decade for hair, but that used to be a great shampoo. And that was the first one that I actually sought out myself to buy. I mean, scent can be a powerful trigger. So that makes total sense. Um, and I'm sure that our, our listeners are going to appreciate the the honesty. Um, you know, sometimes I was about I was about 12. So, you know, I, I can, you know, that's that wasn't the uh, highlight of worrying about grooming so but that was the first one i sought out one of the first yeah it's always it's always important to remember the first uh david are you superstitious and if so about what i believe i am superstitious in some ways um i feel like if something goes wrong it meant i did something wrong to someone else in a karmic kind of way so okay i try to correct that behavior all right we can get into it. Uh, certainly cosmic, karmic justice and all of that. We want to try to do right by each other. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot on this very podcast about your legacy as a celebrity hairstylist, your connection to the music scene, entertainment. Um, so if there were to be a biopic about your life, and maybe there is in the works, who knows? It would ima- I could imagine that it would be a thing. Um, who would you love to, to play you? Dream casting. I would love Jeff Bridges to have played me when he was my age. He's one of my favorite actors. I like some mental math to to place that. But yeah, (laughs) that's, I mean, honestly, dreamcasting. That's perfect. Uh, What do you consider to be the ultimate comfort food? Ultimate comfort, a bagel, bagels. Oh. I, I sort of have to have them. Okay. Any kind of particular bagel? Are we talking everything, a salt bagel, anything will do? I think if I'm hungry, it would be any bagel in front of me of any kind. 
That's honest. Um, I'm not too hungry right now, but but normally I would be. Um, bagel's always good, though. Um, all right, David. If you were on a deserted island and you could only bring three hair beauty men's grooming products, and they could be American Crew, I'll make an exception. Um, what would those products be? What do you bring in? Well, the two... I would have to have prep and prime tonic because when I wake up in the morning, my hair looks like um, Andy Warhol's wig. So uh, I need to douse myself in prep and prime tonic. Okay. I also love fiber foam, which is um, a, a great product. So almost an un, you know, even though it's successful, more people should try it because it gives hair a very natural lived in sort of patinaed look. Love that product. That's the one that I also use. And I have to say the daily moisturizing shampoo from American crew has been my staple go to and will we'll always, you know, I have kind of old man hair and old man hair needs a, a lot of moisture. So I would not describe your hair. Everybody that's watching these clips, if, if we're to this point, you're looking not old man hair. It's incredible hair. you got a great head of hair, um, although it is gray. So it, there's that. <laughs> um, David, thank you for playing our quick takes. Uh, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. I want to just give you an opportunity before we let you go. Plug, 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 plug. Where can people find you online and where can they find American Crew? You know, I'm in the no normal places. I'm on Instagram. I, I don't even know my handle. We'll add it to the show notes, guys. Don't worry about it. And I'm on Facebook. But it's uh, David Reculia Photography, I believe, um, and on Facebook. And that's about it. You know, I'm not I'm not wildly. I, oh, I have a website. I have a photography website, David Reculia Photography. So those are all my places to be found. I'm an easy guy to find and reach out to. So. so do it. And we'll, again, link to everything in the show notes. Um, and then if you could, where can people find American Crew? I mean, it seems intuitive. You Google American Crew. It's a huge brand, but I don't know. Maybe they need some help. Everywhere is good that American Crew is sold to find it. But if you want to find the right product, it marries up with the right haircut. So I urge you to find a, a salon and a barber that carries American Crew. Ask them both what your hair needs are what what you would need to make your hair exactly the way you want it and they'll recommend the right product to you Ooh, perfect perfect answer all right david thank you so much for being with us uh and we will be connecting in 2024 thank you my friend it was awesome anytime i'm always here call me All right, Jeff. So a man of many titles, you were not wrong when you stated that was the man you were interviewing. I know David. He is in, as lovely as a person in person as he was on the pod. An industry icon. I mean, what a treat for all of us. Right. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited to see what American Crew's up to in year 30. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom volume up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.